Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There is a story for everyone here, because every story matters. Welcome everyone to the Storybooks. This is the place to be if you are a lover of stories, learning new and interesting things, and if you want to grow abundantly. My name is Jay Phantom, and I believe it's my purpose to help you realize your worth and become the greatest and best version of you possible. I am grateful that you're here today. Now let's journey into the Storybooks together and hear more about whose story will be unboxed today. All right, my friends, welcome back to another episode of your story box. My friends, I have three incredible human beings on the show for you guys today. Their names are Thomas, Philip, and Alex, and they form the amazing band known as Lip Candy. Now, some of you, in fact, a lot of you would not know who Lip Candy is, but what these guys are doing and making a name for themselves in the Hollywood uh, sphere is honestly nothing short of astounding. They've got a number of incredible songs. They kind of remind me of Blink-182, that band that is really famous. So I have no doubt that these guys will one day be famous too. But their other their songs are called Hate to See You Go, Bleed, All for Nothing, and their new song, which is out right now, you can go and listen to it, it's called If You Stay Home. I mean, for those people that are here in Sydney, Australia and in Melbourne, we're kind of stuck at home anyway. So, <laughs> I mean, that song would uh, kind of hit home for a lot of people anyway. But my friends, if you do get something from this conversation, and I have no doubt that you will, these guys are uh, incredible human beings and they love what they do. They have a sincere and genuine passion behind it. They're also really humble as well. So do them a huge favor and share this conversation around as best as you can. Help support their amazing work and their community as well. Also, don't forget everything that you need is on the links below. Uh, don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. All right, my friends, you know what time it is. It's time to journey with me into the story box as we listen, learn, and grow from the incredible stories of none other then Thomas, Philip, and Alex that form the legendary band Lip Candy. Thank you so much for having us. It's amazing to be here. It's an honor. It's great to have you guys here. I love people in the creative industry because I am a creative myself. I don't know if you can tell by looking at my <laughs> my back wall. <laughs> I'm a filmmaker. Well, I was a, a filmmaker and um, I, I really have a, a massive appreciation for people in the creative space. Before we dive into your backstories, because I know I'm going to have to try and navigate this the best way, I need to ask you guys 
do you introduce yourself? Do, can you please share your names to the audience so they know who you are? Yeah. So my name is Thomas and I sing and play guitar in Lip Candy. All right. I'm Philip. I just play bass guitar in Lip Candy. <laughs> and I'm Alex. I play the drums and we all do a little bit of singing too. Yeah. Epic guys. Epic. Well, my, my official question for you guys to start off this convo is what does success look like for you guys? We'll start with Thomas first. I would say, um, success to us definitely would be, um, if we're all happy what we're doing and we feel, we feel uh, like fulfilled by what we're doing. Uh, and I also think it also can be defined by, um, if the band can like run itself financially, like if we can live off just the band, I think that's a good mark to say if we've made it or not. Cause you know, we don't necessarily want to have mansions and nice cars and everything, but if we can just pay our bills just from the band and not have to have side jobs, I would consider that making it. Let me come back to that. <laughs> so uh, All right. how about for you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I want to say I'm pretty much, I think, you know, I'm in agreement with what Thomas said, you know, it really is just kind of, a mixture of just both, you know, personal feeling you're like your own satisfied with your own work, um, which I think will come with our own, you know, be able to be fully sustainable um, in through only music. Um, a little personal to myself is that I just want to I want to play shows. Um, I love no matter the size of the capacity, no matter if it's one person, it could be just the sound guy, man. Like, I just love being able to perform to someone who they don't have to like my music, but the energy is there. And, and it is something that I, I strive for and I love. Yeah. How about for you, Alex? <laughs> for me, I think it, it's a matter of perspective. Um, success on the one hand is like, it's that thing that kind of drives us to do more like, you know, yeah, let's, let's sell out arenas. Let's, you know, live in these mansions. That is, you know, one view of success but right now i would consider us like very successful like we've been able to all move out here live together and play shows and for me like i know looking back on this moment no matter where i am in 10 years 20 years i would consider this like we've made it i love all three of your definitions they kind of for me it's inspiring because you guys do have what a lot of people would class as uh, semi-fame where you're on the rise. And I think you guys are going to be really, really big one day. So having hey. kind of mindset early on is, I believe, needful because fame can just sort of take you in, in crazy places, can it? Like, so I want to ask you guys, uh, how did you first come up with this mindset for yourself? Like, it's a very humble outlook. And I mean, I think, um, Philip, you were just saying, a moment ago, you know, if you just play to one person, they don't even have to like your music. I mean, we hope that they like your music, <laughs> but yeah. if, even if you just play to one person, like that's not a very, unfortunately, it's not a very common uh, character trait in a lot of people. So where did that all come from for you guys? Yeah, I, I would say it, it, it stems just from the, the passion of what we do, you know, like it, that kind of mindset gets framed, um, you know, from the fact that we just love that feeling of being on stage, um, yeah. in front of people. And I think that's, that's what drives us, you know? And, and so at the end of the day, it's, you know, if we get to just do that, you know, it doesn't matter if we're getting a check for a hundred grand after the show or a check for one grand after the show, it's, 
you know, obviously yeah. people would prefer one over the other, but yeah, it, it just comes from that, from that feeling that, you know, that's, that's what drew us all together as a band. So, mm. yeah, I mean, we, we kind of formed in new Orleans as just a small three piece, three piece playing like, you know, dingy bars in front of just a handful of people. And that's not like our energy is not that our energy is not of a band playing in a small dive bar. It's, you know, super high energy because we don't really care about, you know, being watched. We care about performing. You know, we don't really need people to see us because we're going to perform regardless because that's what we're here for. The creation, not like the viewing. My own my own personal, you know, my personal thing is that, you know, I I just in COVID was a huge factor in this because. Um, I always knew from my, you know, from the second I heard, you know, a rock song, right. In my dad's video, like, I was like, okay, this is something. And I just, I've come to this conclusion that I can't do anything else. I can, I can work a job. Sure. But I'm not going to feel personally driven to put in the time to put in the work to put in all that stuff. Because frankly, it's, it's like, we've already come, you know, this far, I, I don't consider us you know, we've had a couple lucky times, but it's all because of the work that we, you know, consistently have tried to just put in to make this a reality. So it's very humbling that we can play a show with more than just one person in it because, you know, um, yeah, we've just put so much into it. Yeah. This is really refreshing for me. You have no idea. (laughs) I want to ask you guys like the, the passion that you have the playing on stage has, where did that all spark for you? Were you guys really, really young when it all happened or has it sort of like, um, did you guys adopt it later on in life? For me, that first adrenaline rush, I wasn't even on stage. Um, I was in, uh, I, I used to take guitar lessons when I was about 12 and it was one of my first guitar lessons ever. And I'll, I'll never forget the feeling of turning on the overdrive while holding an electric guitar. Uh, yeah, I, it can't, it can't be, I was literally, I was maybe 12. I had an electric guitar in my hand. I maybe knew like three chords and I had this really awesome teacher and I was like, so what happens if I press this? And he looks at me and goes, I'm going to find out. And he presses like the overdrive on the amp and just, I like, I can't forget it. That, that, so that's, that was like the, uh, my initial first adrenaline there's, rush. There's something about volume. Because yeah. like I would play the drums and I was like, oh, cool. Like when I was 10 or 11 and then I played on stage and just hearing how loud and how commanding I was on stage, I was like, oh my God, yeah. like I have so much control right now. Right. And I, I felt like that energy, like something about just the sheer volume gives you so much energy mm-hmm. to yeah. do whatever. <laughs> for, for me, it's almost like a, a reverse psychology thing. Cause when I first jumped up on stage, um, I was taking guitar lessons. My little brother, who's like around half my age in terms of years, um, I, I had him jump on drums. We did a whole Blues Brothers thing for our recital. It was absurd. But like, I couldn't, I could hear my family in the crowd just like being super happy. Couldn't see any of them. So I, I felt so like super good because of like, I, I felt for some reason, super not self-conscious. I was like, screw it. And I, I started running around, like doing stuff that like was not allowed. Like I did like a slide. It was just like, it was like, what's going on here? And it was, it was from that point. I was like, Oh, mm-hmm. game over. 
Yeah. You're just enjoying yourselves and having a great yeah. time, which, you know, honestly, that, that, that should be said for everyone on stage. I mean, if, if you want to really be the very best, I honestly believe it. If you want to be the best at something that you're really passionate about, just go out there and have fun. Like, doesn't matter if you get like praise or not, not praise. I mean, we want the praise, but that also helps. But even if you don't get it, just go out there and give it your all. I mean, Matthew McConaughey said, don't half-ass it. Like, you know, just give it, give it your absolute best. So, which sounds like you guys are doing a fantastic job of it. I mean, you guys have got incredible songs. I was listening to them. I mean, the one for me that I vibe with the most was your new one, If You Stay Home. So Mm -hmm. I will get to that in just a moment. I think I'm getting ahead of myself. (laughs) But (laughs) just to give the audience a little bit of context, uh, how did you guys come together and form the band Lip Candy. My second question is what, where, who came up with the name Lip Candy? So we all met in college in New Orleans and um, uh, yeah, I just, I was always running into these guys. Um, you know, I was always seeing him at other shows and, you know, he was also a music lover. He was playing a backup guitar for just a couple other people. Um, and uh you know, it just kind of happened naturally. We just, we just all met and, uh, we all like the same kind of music and, um, it, it was just kind of electric. Like the second we started playing shows together, it just, the shows kept, we kept getting offered more and more and more and people started coming more. And I, I think it's because of what we talked about earlier, how we all just like love performing no matter what. And, um, yeah, I just, it, it was, it was honestly, uh, yeah, just a natural occurrence, really. It was kind of, mm-hmm. kind of written in stars. Like that. So, yeah, um, kind of lucked out, like, at finding people who had the same energy on stage, you know, been in a few bands where it's just kind of shoot gaze and vibing. And there's no, there's no problem with that. But I mean, that's, that's where my heart is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Going crazy. Yeah. And it's so really for the band name, I came up with it, um, before I actually, you know, before the band actually formed, I kind of had the name already. Um, it came to me this summer going into college and I was just, uh, I always get different responses from this, but I thought of the term eye candy and I just started replacing it with different body parts <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I hit lip and then, uh, I don't know, I just really liked it. I thought it had a really good ring to it. And I thought it had a bunch of different meanings that you could pull and it kind of had a playful, but also kind of like you know, like rock, you know, you know, I had a poppy side and a rock side to it. I don't know. I just think there's so much that that comes with that name. And I, I just, I just liked it. And, you know, whenever I tell it to people, they seem to remember it. So. Yep, yeah. It's a catchy name. You can't forget it. Yeah. <laughs> like lip candy. I mean, we've all got lips and everyone I think loves candy. So yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so why, why start a band in the first place? Why not go out and, and do your own, like go solo, for example. I've just always loved the idea of being in a band, like having that journey with other people. Um, Collaboration. Yeah. yeah. If, if we moved out here, not to, not to interrupt, no, you, but like if, if we, if we, if I had moved out, if any one of us, I feel like, you know, maybe more so me and Alex, I'd have more faith than Thomas, but <laughs> I feel like if I moved out here alone and I had nobody to like, kind of use those building blocks to build on top, to keep each other getting up and in the morning and putting in the work, you know, I'm blessed for it really. Cause we're keeping each other in check, in check, excuse me. Like, and it's, it's dope. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. We, we there's, do kind of, there's that accountability there. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you guys sort of manage who does what within the band? Like, do you all come up with ideas together? How do you manage 
okay, I agree on this idea. Uh, I don't agree on this idea because it's three of you. I mean, it's not like, how do you guys manage that? I would say we just kind of communicate openly. And uh, our, our biggest thing, you know, especially now that we're living together, uh, this is the first time we've all lived together. It's just open communication. If you, if you like something, say it. If you don't like something, say it. Uh, you know, just be completely honest. And that, that way everybody feels heard and everybody's opinion, uh, you know, they, they get shared. And we haven't really disagreed on too much so far. No, I, think, <laughs> I think it's funny that we've been in a band for a while, but now we're, we're all just roommates. Together, right? Yeah. And so like, we need to like, if we have a roommate disagreement, that is a lot more than just a roommate disagreement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we have faith in this band and we want to go far. So like, but if someone's got to buy the toilet paper, I feel like, I feel like, you know, like, I feel like at the same time, because we all are in the band, we'll, we like give benefit of the doubt, you know, we'll be more apt to hearing that side. Cause it's like, okay, this, this is my drummer here. You know, I can't, I can't yeah. just like, yeah, not acknowledge that, you know, coworkers too. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah. it. So I want to, I, I normally ask this question to creative individuals and I'm curious to hear your response to it as well, but what do you think it means to be creative or what does creativity mean to you? Um, I think it's, uh, it's about honesty and it's about being as real as you can. Um, because I think that's a big battle that everybody, especially people who move to like Los Angeles for stuff like this, um, it's so easy to, to really second guess and, and be like, am I, is this, is the audience going to like this or who's going to like this? Or, and you know, like, how is this going to look on the, on the gram, you know, like, and right. I, I think it's, uh, it's just about being completely honest with your art. And I think the more honest it is, the more like people, you know, people can tell if it is or not. And, uh, I think that's a battle that we all have to fight because, you know, it is smart to think about like how appealing is this going to be to the masses, but at the same time, like you can't lose yourself in that. So I, I would say that's one of the biggest meanings to being a true creative. Yeah. I'd say like in two words, organic expression, you know, mm -hmm. just like very true to yourself, putting something that's out there that you personally attach yourself to, whether it's a tattoo on your body or an actual piece of deliverable art, whether it's a picture or music, whatever it is, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Agree? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It is a very vulnerable space, I guess, being a creative. And I think I love what you said, Thomas, and just being honest with yourself. Have you ever yeah. doubted? Like, have you had those moments of doubt? And what do you do in those moments of doubt? Um, I definitely, that, that was a big thing I had to overcome. And I think we've all felt the same way. Um, especially when, when COVID hit and we really could only take to social media to interact with people. Um, being in front of a camera all the time can definitely mess with your head in that sense. And sometimes you definitely feel like you have to put on a face. Um, and especially when it was COVID and we were shooting maybe like five TikToks a day, you know, you, you feel like you have to smile all the time and you feel like you have to, you know, have a certain image. And, and I think, you know, you know, when you are like genuinely wanting to smile, like, and, and, you know, that that's dope. But I mean, I think I I've been afraid in the past to be uh, honest with how I'm actually like feeling and things that I feel like doing and saying. And so I, I think that's definitely a battle that I'm, I'm still fighting it, but I definitely have made progress on that. Mm. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's a big thing for me. How about for you, Phil? 
Uh, there's been all sorts of different types of doubts, you know, um, this, I'm so blessed for this journey that we've all been a part of. Um, but there's been different types of doubts, you know, as far as, you know, are we going to play this set clearly tonight to where we can make, you know, a few new fans or even have a good show to doubts as large as things that we would never even think of. Like, am I ever going to be able to play an actual show again? Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's a whole lot going on. There was a lot of doubt when we first moved out here, we literally packed up all of our bags like a week after graduating college and we just drove. Um, and it was crazy because we left all of our friends behind. We'd had a solid, you know, when you think about it, could have lived a life there, right? If it wasn't for a band, if it wasn't for something that we had already committed ourselves to before we'd even met any of those people, you know, um, we could have easily stayed there, but instead we we jumped it. We 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 did the thing and because we love it. And that was scary. But yeah, it definitely is paying off. I'll, I'll tell you, this has been a crazy past few months here, and it's it's lovely yeah. every day of it. Yeah. You just gotta remember like why you're here or why you're doing what you're doing in the in the larger scheme. Cause I've been doubtful, you know. Oh, about a lot of things like moving across country and, you know, literally be doubtful about anything just comes down to, well, I moved across country for this. So <laughs> yeah, we're here now. We're going to make this work. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <Not> turning back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think you guys raise a very important point on dealing with the doubt and obviously going back to your why, but also facing, I guess, imposter syndrome, because that is, so easy to do, especially for creatives, because once again, going back to that vulnerable side, so it's a, a part of you. And I think there's three of you that are all putting yourselves out there to the world and saying, here is part of us. Do you like us? And I think it's so easy once again, for people to judge, to ridicule, to make you, you say, oh, this work sucks, you know, all, all that sort of stuff. So I wanted to go down the 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 path of mental health for a moment, if that's okay. So what do you guys do on, on any given day to keep your mental health uh, solid or sound? For me, it's, uh, I, uh, I think exercise helps a lot. I, I run almost every morning. And uh, when I don't, when I go a few days without running, I just, uh, I feel like there's, I have, there's something I need to release, you know, I, I, cause I, you know, when I'm sweating and, and, you know, I'm, I'm putting in that work and I'm, you know, my, I'm breathing, you know, if running forces you to breathe deeply and breathe, you know, a lot. And I think, uh, that is a very, uh, you know, that's something that a lot of people don't think about is when you just like stop, breathe, you know, remind yourself it's going to be okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, so exercise, huge thing for me. Um, I like to reflect, reflect a lot and, uh, think about what I'm grateful for, because when I don't do that for, you know, a few days in a row, it's easy to kind of, kind of be like, oh, well, why hasn't this happened for us yet? Or, you know, you know, what, what what's you, you focus on what you don't have. Yeah. And, um, that's a terrible thing to do, especially as an artist. And it's so, so easy to do, isn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah. So. Yeah, I would have to say definitely um, exercise is a large component. Um, I don't run as much as Thomas does. I typically do um, actual weight oriented, you know, training, resistance training. But, um, you know, yeah, as of late, I've just, you know, for some reason, I don't know what it is, but whenever I make myself a meal or I've got food on the table, 
I, that's the time where I stop and I'm like, whoa, mm-hmm. let me wrap this up for a second. I'm, I'm in LA with my band, food in the table, roof over my head, word, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that, that seems to be doing a lot. I need to definitely make more mm-hmm. of mental health a priority. Um, I can totally admit that though. Um, I'm working on it. Cause we're, we're working all the time. Yeah. We either work our day job or we work our other day job. <laughs> yeah. Like we're just yeah. constantly working for me. It's just like taking, taking a breather and, and being alone. I I'm like a huge extrovert. I, I don't know if you guys would agree with that, but like, yeah. I always need to be around people and talking to people, even if I don't look like the most exuberant person. Um, until I can't do it anymore. Cause we're also like, I'm, I'm a server. So I'm constantly performing at shows. I'm constantly performing. We're having 24 seven band meetings pretty much because <laughs> we live together. So for me, it's just like the other day I had a stressful day. And so I just drove into the night because we're in LA. I just drove to the middle of nowhere just so I could see the stars and just be alone, breathe, look up and just like, all everything else kind of fades away and i could just be like this is me this is where i am let's let's go back into the world let's let's bring yeah. into the world yeah because there's so many so many stressful things that i just need to like take off my shoulders for a second and then i like okay i'll put them back on knowing i can handle it i mean it's a lot yeah i mean i'm i'm seeing a therapist you know <laughs> on top of all that i i see you know i have to see a therapist because you know, I need to, you know, at least vent out something that isn't, you know, going to burden them entirely. I mean, there's some things, but, you know, those day-to-day frustrations with jobs and stuff, like, you know, I, I, I'm i a high, I'm a very big advocate of, you know, especially because therapists now are just all online. You don't have to go, <laughs> you don't have to actually yeah. go see a therapist and, you know. Mm. I, I I completely appreciate you guys sharing that because I think it's important for my listeners and even your audience to know that, yes, you guys are the talent, but you're also humans. You are still doing what you love, but at the end of the day, you know, we're so focused on, you know, uh, winning or, or getting to the place that we want to get to that we kind of uh, don't really focus on the here and now sometimes or, or you were saying, uh, Phil, about being just grateful like that moment of wow i'm here with my friends my band i've got food on the table i'm able to survive you know i can also relate to you thomas in the the running factor that also helps just unwind and even for you alex there's been times where i've just got into my car and driven and haven't like stopped driving for a while (laughs) and I, i don't i don't play any music in that moment like i just turn everything off I'm completely silent still, and I just want to think and just be as present as I possibly can. And I think that's that's very, very useful because mental health, especially in this industry, is so, so important. So I appreciate you guys being being vulnerable there and, and sharing um, what you guys do to, to help avoid that and not get into the state of burnout because I don't want that for you guys at all. I think you guys are going to, you're going to hit a big and you're going to hit a big very, very soon. So uh, thank you. Thanks. Man. Yeah. Appreciate we'll, it. Let's see what happens. <laughs> thank you. I'm excited for you guys. I really am like, because your, your music for me now, I, I'm not, I don't know if you can take this, you can take it with a grain of salt all you want. Cause I'm, I don't have a really musical bone in my body, but <laughs> I, I appreciate, I appreciate the art and the medium, but 
uh, one of my favorite bands growing up was Blink 182. And the moment uh, I, I started listening to your music, it kind of reminded me of that with a different spin, obviously, with your own, your own unique blend. Um, you've got a new song out called If You Stay Home. Can you share with me the inspiration behind that song in particular? And um, yeah, just share the story behind it, really. Yeah. So that song is just basically expressing, um, you know, especially when the pandemic hit, you didn't know how long you were going to have to stay home for. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we didn't know if it was going to be years until we saw a stage again. And um, I think it's just, uh, it was, you know, when all that was hitting hard, when COVID was really at its peak, we were, uh, we just wanted kind of like a dreamy song to just help escape from feeling trapped. And it was kind of just romanticizing the idea of just breaking out your window, leaving and uh, just living life. And, you know, the, the last lyric in that, in the chorus is uh, there's something out there somewhere waiting, but we'll never know if you stay home. And um, yeah, it, it's basically just a summary song about, you know, finally getting out and, and living your life because, you know, for a year and a half, you, you couldn't really do that. So that's, that's basically the song. How long did it take for you guys to create the song? Was it a long process or was it a short one? No. So we actually, uh, tracked it, um, in just a couple of days, um, back in, uh, let's see, I think in, it was May of 2020 yeah. when we tracked it. And, uh, we actually had the, uh, the help of some amazing songwriters, uh, come up with that. Um, uh, one of them, uh, his name is Scott, Scott Simons. Uh, I think he's actually the, uh, he's the in-house pianist for America's Got Talent. Um, <laughs> super cool working with him on that. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it didn't take long at all for, for us to track it. And, um, it's funny cause when we tracked it, when it was finally done, we, we thought we were going to put it out that summer, last yeah. summer, it was May wow. of 2020. And, um, you know, just due to several reasons, we just ended up not releasing it and holding on to it. And honestly, I'm glad we waited because I think it made so much more sense to put it out this summer because now that COVID is finally somewhat ending, at least over here, restrictions are being lifted. Yeah. The worse. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, finally that now that things are looking more hopeful, you know, um, I think it made a lot more sense to put it out this summer. And I think it definitely would have re it resonated so much more to people uh, this summer than it would have had we released it last summer. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm hmm. So what would you say has been the most challenging or the most difficult song for you guys to write and get out there into the world? Mm -hmm. Honestly, probably some of the unreleased stuff we have right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've, we've had some very difficult things. Well, it depends on how you define difficult. Cause we've, we've had some times in the studio where we have a very difficult time writing a song and then we finally get used to it. And then we come back to it a few hours later and we're like, we're never releasing this. This is awful. Oh my gosh. Um, I don't know. There, there are moments of doubt, but um, giving, giving yourself some space, but yeah, definitely the unreleased stuff. Yeah. That was, um, you know, uh, we, we all have, you know, our, our system in the studio and, uh, we all work individually in, in different ways sometimes. And, uh, this was one of the first times in a while that, uh, we were all in the studio together, um, because we, you know, due to COVID, we hadn't really had a chance to all go together. And, um, so yeah, it was kind of, uh, working out the, working out the kinks of, of working together again, because it had been so long. And, uh, 
So I, towards the end, we, we were in the studio for four days. And so towards the end, we definitely found our rhythm. Um, but that first day out of those four days, <laughs> garbage, <laughs> garbage. We, we had, we came, we wrote, I think three different ideas. All of them. Three different choruses of different songs, like fully tracked out. Yeah. And then we, we went and got something to eat, chilled for a minute, came back to the studio and then we played them all. And we were just like, what? is this <laughs> next day we go in like 20 seconds in we just bang out a riff yeah we just make a six song yeah album. there's also that pressure of like like we recorded the, these first batch of songs all these singles like a while ago before covid and all this time has passed and then we've gained this momentum on social media and at shows and now we're we're at this point where it's like okay we have to build upon this but we also can take this time to kind of redefine or hone in on our sound and so definitely the first day in the studio, there was this pressure of like, what, what is lip candy? Like, what is our sound? Right. And we were kind of trying to figure that out. Um, and then we pretty quickly, fortunately, uh, found, we found, found something. We found it. We found something. Yeah. <laughs> it, goes back to, it goes back to the building blocks aspect, like, because there's all three of us here, like, when somebody, even when it comes to just the original creation of a song, like typically when, when somebody plays a riff and everybody goes, what was that? Like, that means like, okay, like, let's, yeah. we should probably use that one. You uh, know what I mean? Yeah. As opposed to just one person just kind of fooling oh, around. Yeah. So, so that, Oh, sorry. You go, Alex, you go. Um, all that is to say, look out for unreleased stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Get excited because you, you guys aren't done yet. You keep going, which is amazing. So I've always been curious about this, especially with, with music in particular. How do you know exactly when the song is ready to be released to the world? Is it just like you make the decision, it's ready, or is there like a build-up process to it's ready, let's release it? I think it's that feeling of when we all can say without lying at all yeah. that, that we love the song. Yeah. If none of us have that feeling of, I love this, it doesn't get released. And I, and I think if, uh, you know, once we all have that, that feeling that, you know, once I'm not saying, Oh, can we tweak this? Or can you turn this up a little bit? Or, or Alex is going, uh, I don't like that snare hit right there. Can you take out that snare hit? Like once all those little kinks are, are worked out and we can all listen to the, to the mix and, and not judge it, yeah. <laughs> then, uh, then I think that's, that's when we know it's ready. Mm. Cause I've always been interested by perfectionism because myself, I'm a huge perfectionist when it comes to my art and and I used to be in um, business with someone with a, uh, my other film business, which didn't go so well, but we always used to go on, I don't like this. One of us didn't like something. It was always the case. So we're always going back and forth on how to actually make this work and just release it, you know? So, and me in particular, I was the biggest perfectionist. Like I picked the smallest little things and it would annoy and frustrate him. So I think, for me, like I, I want to learn some strategies from you guys, like all three of you, how you've been able to sort of remove, I guess, the perfectionism mindset 
throughout the art and just say, okay, we all agree on this. We're all honest. Let's, let's remove it. Can you, can you share some advice for me? <laughs> yeah. Um, right ahead. Alex. So, <laughs> okay. So I'm the perfectionist of the three of us. Um, I knew I it. <laughs> There's, always <laughs> There's always one. I'm the one that makes us re-record TikToks five times. <laughs> Actually five times is way too little. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, are you okay? Yeah, you just. Oh, okay. Are you laughing? Or yeah. Laughing? No, I had water. Water go down the wrong pipe. Oh, We're good. No. Um, okay. I think back to like releasing something as a solo artist versus as a band. Like, I personally have recorded hours and hours of songs over the past ten years. Not one of them has seen the light of day, and that's because I just keep it bottled in. And I think something about the collaborative nature of being in a band. You know, like even if just one of us you know, throws a song out to the rest of us, having that back and forth and like that confidence boost of like being in the studio. It's like, I don't know how I feel about uh -huh, that baseline. And then it's like, well, how about this note? Or like, no, dude, I really like that. Let's keep that in there. Mm -hmm. Like having that positive feedback and like that just general support. Yeah. It just, the back and forth makes it so that whenever we do have something close to a finished product, like a good marker is that all three of us, feel something mm -hmm. you know like the perk of being in a band is like maybe there's one writer but there's also two listeners mm -hmm. so you know with a very small sample size <laughs> if it sounds good yeah i mean in do with due respect all due respect like perfectionism like you know how i see it that's where i kind of come in you know <laughs> where where and after five takes of tiktoks of just kind of like okay look like is this perfectionism warranted right now like, is, we, yeah. do we need to spend this much time on this right now? Because we only have so much time in each day. We're working jobs. We're doing this stuff. So when we're in the studio, when we're playing shows, when we're practicing uh -huh. for shows, the perfectionism is absolutely warranted. But, you know, and it's great to do this stuff with all your effort. But the real scenario is sometimes like, you got to cut it you got to cut it you just got to cut it if we're diminishing returns like yeah. the, the other the, like the other night we were trying to make a couple tiktoks and uh alex made us redo one like four times because the transition wasn't wasn't right on the beat or whatever yeah and, I'm the rhythm section and, come and, on and, and, like, and, and so it's my job it's and it's our jobs to go look dude it, it, it's fine like yeah. relax we need to film two more tiktoks after this yeah like, come on we gotta keep going so yeah I, guess uh, yeah I feel you man i feel you guys like yeah <laughs> I, go, I go through it as well with um with my writing with my books and all that just i'm sort of like i'm always going over it and always editing it i'm always my worst critic so I'm, I just sort of have to take myself away from the equation and then come back at a later date and say, hey, that wasn't so bad. Like in the moment when I was actually beating myself up about it, I was like, this sucks. <laughs> but <laughs> man, that's really good advice, especially from young guys. I'm a young person myself. So I needed, I needed to hear that. And if young people are listening to this as well, remove the perfection. The second last question I wanted to ask you guys, this is more of a, it might be a challenging one to answer, but we'll see how we go. But what has been the worst piece of advice you've ever received? Ooh. That's a good question. Um, I would say um, there have been people um, who, um, you know, used to kind of work, work closely with us. And um, there would be a lot of pressure to 
always, like I, like I said earlier about having to put on a face all the time, um, just way too much pressure to do that. Um, and if we weren't posting a certain amount of times a day, um, there was backlash from them. And, um, it was just, uh, once, you know, now that we're completely independent, we don't work with anybody at the moment. I, I realized how just, uh, toxic that can toxic that can be like not letting yourself have a break. And, uh, that's, that's basically what these people, uh, were, were kind of having us do is just go every day, all day without having a break. And, uh, it was very taxing. They, yeah. Um, the worst advice was definitely like, do you want to be the biggest band in the world? Just do exactly what I said, you know, like we, that, that's too much of a, yeah. a price to pay. Like we're, yeah. you need to stay on it. Like you have to stay honest to yourself. And if you're just so focused on, you know, advice, like yeah. it means to the end, like, I don't know. Um, you just need to stay honest. I think that's all I'm trying to say. Yeah. And that advice came with conditions. Then yeah. like, if you just do, do everything that I say and don't question it, then you'll mm-hmm. be, successful so to speak you'd be like one of the biggest bands in the world yeah i don't think i don't think that's right like it's not, it's not that you shouldn't trust other people it's just like you have to trust yourself more. yeah, yeah. You, you should be able to question as well i feel like too yeah like you shouldn't just do everything that one person says i mean that's just you don't have autonomy you don't have freedom at yeah. all so yeah. especially when it comes to the creative space like if you have something that you want to produce for yourself, or if you got an idea and you pitch it to them and they say, nah, that's not going to work in my grand plan to make you famous. Like you're not being true to yourself at all. So yeah. it just becomes frustrating and you just get in this, like for you and for your own mental health sake, it's always best to just, I guess, separate yourself from that and go out on your own. Um, if you can, <laughs> but I know some people don't, but yeah. Anyway, how about for you, Phil? Um, I would have to say, I don't know if it's specific advice as opposed to just, you know, I went to school for music, uh, both me and Thomas did. Um, and over the culmination of my learning, it seemed that what was stressed is that more is better. And I don't agree with that. I think that there are times in which you need to be adamant about promoting your music. I think you need to promote your show. I think you should always be doing something. But that doesn't mean that the public necessarily needs to know that there needs to be a bit of tension and release because, you know, no matter what, whether you're the most successful artist or you're not like following up after that, you got to kind of generate some hype. Um, So whenever I see artists out there just constantly, constantly just putting songs out and another song out next week and another song out next week, and then they're doing something else over here, it's like, dude, you're like, I don't, I almost don't care about you because of how much you're throwing in my face right now. Uh, you gotta be very selective as to how you're going to promote your stuff when you're going to promote it and how you're going to hold yourself accountable to do so. Yeah. Cause it loses meaning when it's so much. Nobody. Yeah. Nobody. I mean, take every sequel that's ever come out in the past, like <laughs> two years, you know, like nobody cares. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just kind of what happens. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a good point. All all great pieces of advice for people to take away from and, and hopefully they can apply it to their own life in some way, shape or form. So once again, appreciate you guys sharing. 
This is more of a fun question before I get to the final. I know I said two final questions, but I got to ask you this one anyway. No, um, before the the final tough question, but uh, what is what has been the weirdest food combination you've ever tried? Oh, uh, I was having an interesting night in New Orleans before we moved here, and uh, I put M and M's, Cheez Its, and Sriracha on a glazed donut. <laughs> That just got worse and worse and worse. Dude. And, Dude. and that that is a true story. Eminence, Jesus. I I do a double take. Yeah, yeah you got to say that even, slowly. The, the, the the did I know you then? The Eminence was a good move. Jesus. Uh, yes. yes. You knew me. You knew me when I did that. I'm so surprised I still know you. <laughs> yeah. So that happened. Um, do I you regret it though? I've had some. I've had some. I don't know about food combos though. I once, dude, there was one night where I, I took, I took like, like one of those frozen, I, I made frozen tacos and a hot pocket. And I, and, and, and the only thing that I had, like, like frozen, you know, those frozen tacos that you can put in like the oven that you can get at the store, yeah, yeah, yeah. mini tacos. I got those, but I didn't have any like sauce to dip them in. And they were just so dry. All I had was Nutella. <laughs> Oh, all I have is Nutella, and I, I did it. I did it, and it was it wasn't that bad. But I, I mean, I I don't think I've ever been to those dark places. Yeah, no, that was rough. That was wow. Rough. That was rough. I I don't have any like weird combinations. I I can't think of any off the top of my head. I will say the most controversial is I regularly eat dry cereal next to a tall glass of milk, and everyone. <laughs> I get so much flack for not just, you know, putting them together. No, it, <laughs> it ruins the integrity of both the cereal and the milk. You have to wait for it to mix in your body. <laughs> it's so much bad feedback from that. <laughs> oh my God. How does, how does that even work? So you eat the dry cereal, then you drink the milk. Oh, wash it down with the milk. It's like yeah. a chaser. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a chaser for cereal. Yeah, yeah. I like I like alternating textures. I don't like mixing textures. Ah, uh, okay. So you you sound like the the unadventurous type with food to me, which is totally fine. <laughs> I eat, I eat totally fine. But all, all the rest of you, I mean, I cannot imagine what dry tacos and Nutella actually taste like. <laughs> that's something that's something rough. I've got to try. Like I'm off my, my all stomach, this crazy stuff. My yeah. stomach was just trying to decide like whether I'd just eaten something sweet or something salty. It was just kind of like, whoa, yeah. what's going on? What do we want? I'm not sure if I would call y'all adventurous for doing that stuff. <laughs> I would. My digestive system didn't agree. It definitely agrees with you, Alex, for sure. <laughs> Definitely brave. Well, I haven't done anything remotely close to that. I mean, here in Australia, what I love doing, and there's a there's a um, a cafe or a restaurant that you can go to. It's called Peanut Butter Bar. One of my favorite places to go. It's like literally everything that they have, peanut butter, man. Like it's it's absolutely glorious. So what I love doing is dipping chips or fries from for you Americans in peanut butter with ice cream and then washing it down with a milkshake. So with a caramel milkshake, man. Oh, a caramel. All right. Now, now we're going. Now, so now, now we're talking, right? Like it talking. is, it is honestly insane. So if you ever want to try something that is off the chain, like good, 
Give yeah. that a go. <laughs> no, that's the first place we're going to go to. Yeah, well, Sydney. Good, yeah. yeah, man. Like, uh, let me know if you're ever in Sydney and then I'll right. take you there. My, my treat for sure. So you All can right. Oh, try it. We'll remember this take conversation. Oh, <laughs> so, we will. We'll remember you. it. We're, when we're on the road, we actually are very, we're, we're kind of foodies whenever yes. we're on the road, especially when we've been to places that we've never been before. And uh, so, uh, yeah, we'll definitely take you up on that. For sure. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, I can't wait till you guys get out here in Australia. Before I ask you the final question, where can people find you, connect with you guys, and listen to your amazing music? Literally everywhere. We're, <laughs> a lot. we're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on TikTok. Uh, we have our own phone number, um, 504-499-0750. You can text us directly. We respond. Um, we're on Twitch. Discord. Uh, Discord. Discord. Yep. Discord. Patreon, yeah. If uh, if people subscribe to our Patreon, um, for for a small monthly fee, they get like behind the scenes content. Uh, they get uh, handwritten letters from us and stuff like that. Um, anywhere YouTube. else? We're on YouTube, obviously. YouTube. Yeah. YouTube. Facebook. Facebook. Oh, you said Facebook. Yeah, you can you can stream us on literally all all streaming platforms too. Yeah. Napster. Hit us up on Napster. We make it easy for y'all. We promise. I did make a MySpace. Uh and I also yeah, and we have a Reddit page too. Oh my god. We have a Reddit page? Yep. Yeah. MySpace is still around. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's actually it's actually super uh music based. Um like a lot of people use it to network with music. That's huge. So I did not know that. How about that? That is pretty cool. Uh, I thought MySpace was dead. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, no, <laughs> All this time going on. No, it's probably, probably a gold mine that I'm missing out on too. Like, yeah, check it, check it. <laughs> my cool. goodness. Okay, well, I'll make sure that everyone knows where to find you. Check out Lip Candy. You guys are everywhere. Uh, YouTube as well, which is where I listen to your songs too. So, yeah. my final question for you guys this is my all-time favorite question. It might be a difficult one to answer again, but we'll see how we go. It's a hypothetical one, but I want you all to imagine with me for a moment that you've been able to reach the age of 100. You're still young, I know, but just imagine with me. All your friends and your family have decided to put together a film for you of everything you've ever said and everything you've ever done. Don't ask me how in the world they got it all. We'll call it magic for the sake of argument. They found a genie somewhere and asked him and they put it all together and shown it to you on your hundredth birthday. What do you want that film to say and to show about your life? Wow. Um, I want, I want it to show that I was a dreamer and I was a hard worker and I didn't let anybody get in the way of that dream. And I never second guessed it or gave up on it. And uh, regardless of, uh, you know, where this band ends up, I want it to, I want the biggest takeaway to be, uh, you know, just that, that I went for it. Um, Cause at the end of the day, I think that's the most admirable thing about anybody, whether if you're an A-list celebrity or if, you know, you're somebody who tried and, and gave up, like you still went for it. And um, so I, I think, uh, yeah, that would be my biggest thing is, is I had a dream and, and I went for it. Yeah, I would definitely say it's funny that you asked this question just because of the fact that um, I would always tell myself, you know, to other people what I was doing and why I was doing music, because I come from a lawyer or a family of lawyers. Um, and me jump going this route was 
pretty, pretty, pretty left, left lane, if you will. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I would have really wanted to say that I just did it. You know, I, I didn't, regardless of where my standing was with people, where I should have been, what I could have done. I don't care about any of that. I did it because I wanted to do it. And I always told myself if I was on my deathbed at the age of a hundred, the one thing that I would probably like feel regret for is not giving it a hundred percent. And I sound like Gary Vee right now, but it, it's a hundred percent. It's, I did it. I gave it everything I could have. And if it doesn't work out, like that's, that's fine. You know, mm-hmm. you, you're prepared for that question. Yeah. 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 Wow. yeah I was, um, I want to just be able to look back and say that I was just genuine, that I wasn't trying to be something I wasn't. And, you know, going back to doing it 100%, like I wouldn't be able to do it 100% if I didn't genuinely feel like that's what I should be doing. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's about it. Like every, every interaction with someone, I just am trying very actively to just, you know, let's let me just be myself and not like we live in LA like everyone's trying to be somebody yeah and I guess I might I don't want to overgeneralize but I hope I'm going against the grain there and I just want to like I love not be disingenuous yeah Mm -hmm. I feel like that is a perfect way to wrap up this conversation Thomas, Philip, and Alex, Lip Candy, boys, thank you so much for your time today. All the thank amazing you. work you're doing out there in the world and for coming on the Storybox podcast and sharing your incredible story with me and us, I guess. It was a blast. We had a lot of fun doing yeah, this. Yeah, it was, it was a real pleasure. Thank cool. you so much. I really don't like this part because it means that sadly we have come to an end of yet another story. I just want to say thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to our guests today. It is my prayer that you would have felt inspired, motivated, challenged in some way, and that you would have learned something new as well. If you would like to hear more amazing stories like this one, you can do so now by searching up the story box on all podcast platforms. It is that easy. And if you did get something from today's guest, please do share it around with your friend or family member who you feel could benefit from hearing today's story. And before you go, I greatly appreciate it if you could spend 30 seconds leaving a rating review over on Apple Podcasts. It goes a long way to reaching more people and building this community of the Storybox. Let's start changing lives through powerful stories like this one you heard today. Your support is always greatly appreciated. Until next time, when we dive back into the Storybox, I'm Jay Phantom. And don't forget, your story is worth more than you know. I'll catch you then. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 